Wendy made a statement about uh, the proud and humble. This is James 4.6. James' fascinating story didn't come to conversion until many years after the ascension. And he says this, he says, but he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. You know, I've actually seen favor hit someone outside of Christ who walks in humility more than a lot of God's kids who walk in pharisaical pride. And so at Bridgeway, we help people walk in friendship with God. Our one word is friendship. That's what we're all about. We want people to be really good friends with God. And I want to talk this morning about something that so opposes the Father that he will uh, not just avoid you, oppose you. Like we got to let Scripture speak for itself. He opposes the proud. You'd rather be in warfare with the highest ranking demonic than have the God of the universe oppose you. Mm. (laughs) I'm speaking right to myself. And so the way I say it is this, and then we want to tell a story of the most embarrassing moment of our parenting career. So far. So far. There's more to come. Um, Remember when I talked about first fruits and I said Jericho is the first city that the father said he wanted the Israelites to give him, and it's the lowest elevated city on planet Earth. And that, isn't it funny how grace always finds the lowest places? Well, the opposite of humility is pride. And nobody in this room thinks we walk in pride. Who in the world signs up for that? But there's an indicator to let you know if you do walk in pride, and it's this. I'm not here to be mean. I'm talking right to myself. I'm about to tell you all an embarrassing story. Um, how easy or hard is it for you to confess your sins? By the way, not to the Father, to each other. Can we go to James chapter 5, one of the worst verses in the Bible? Parable. Uh, Therefore, confess your sins to each other. Don't you love the person that always just about me and God, me and God, I just need my me and God time? God's always been communal. There's no such thing in the entire biblical narrative of you and God. It's always you, God, and each other. Even the greatest commandment, love the Lord God with all your heart and everyone else, right? Love God, love man. James says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. This is just awful. We love to quote the second one, don't we? The prayer of a righteous, yeah, 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 we love the prayer of a righteous person, powerful and effective. So I want to tell you, um, I want to tell you a story that's just embarrassing it goes like this this past april of this year we went to the beach with our kids and i know that none of your marriages you ever get into it i get that but thank you for letting us lead you yes you might be finding another spirit-filled church after this story um we were in uh we were in amelia island florida and my wife loves to help me find parking places. It's a, it's a, yeah, helpmate. You know, be 7,000, 7,000 parking spaces. She book. loves to tell me which way to park. And that yeah. triggers me on the level of, uh, like, um, I see what you don't see. I'm trying to be shaking, guy. spewing internally. I want to physically harm myself when she does that. Um, I know I really how to trust park. You with the Lord I'm on, on Terry. That, I'm 45 know? years old. I know how to park. I'm starting to get triggered right now. I Talk see about things. So. Um, so um, I think the enemy comes at us on Sunday mornings and when we go on family vacations. <laughs> and, you know, it's the, I've, I've signed us up for a place. It's been in my email inbox for two months. 
when you get here, it's really simple. Just hit a 19 number code and you get into the gate. Then you have to eye scan it and say the right thing. And back, back, back in the old days, you just drive to the condo, you get in. Not anymore, buddy. Two six five nine four six seven seven seven. That doesn't go over. And Wendy says, "Let me see it." And this is where the demonic gets involved. Well, it's because God, God has already supposed to have a critical eye, but yeah. not necessarily a critical spirit. And I'm just trying really hard to help. I'm, I'm tired. I'm I was angry. I was I'm angry. starving. I was very hungry. And I had a. I had a doctoral paper due the next morning. I, I was had, not in like a good I mood. I had written a doctoral paper. So my son, my son Sam decides to, to give his advice in the middle of our fight. He's 15. He's seen a lot. And Sam, Very says, wise. Sam says, Dad, I think he said, Dad, you need to calm down. I said, you want some too? That's what you want? Jack in the back is like one of those poodles in, in, the, in, the, in the back of a car. Jack's eyes just get this big. Ruthie puts on her headphones, and now, it, the only way I know how to describe it, I know you guys have been there. It was really bad, though. We're having fun talking about it. It wasn't good at all. Well, because I, we didn't know the building. We couldn't find the building. So you're like, by golly, we're going to park it. We're going to ask God. And I'm thinking, you know what? God, in his goodness and his prophetic love for us, has given us someone who has an email. They gave it to us two months ago. We don't need to operate in the word of knowledge right now. We got info. Like I, I, I snapped. I completely snapped. You remember on Christmas vacation when Griswold takes the... Uh, he takes the, uh, the saw or whatever, the chainsaw, and starts fixing stuff in his house. E- emotionally, I'm just like, I'm looking around of like, I mean, it's just like, and I, I feel like I'm standing outside of my body, mm-hmm. and I completely lost it. I even heard the enemy in the middle of it say, you're a pastor. And I was like, I remember, and I was like, it might have been the father. I can't. I can't. The voice was real close. And I was like, I don't care. I was like, yo, Sam, any Sam? I'm like, who wants it? Who wants it? And we get upstairs, and Sam is a wreck. Jack's in shock. Ruthie's in shock. It's late, very late. And so I go upstairs, and I said, um, it's just me and the Lord. And I said, uh, so that just happened? First and night I, of vacation. And I said, uh, I understand that I'm, I didn't need conviction. I mean, when you're friends with a father, yeah. I mean, come on, it takes like two seconds. In the moment. I was like, God, I'm, I don't think I've ever been this embarrassed as a parent. I know I hadn't. If you could see it on film, you wouldn't believe how much. I mean, I was just like, <laughs> it was, it's kind of funny to think about now. But, and I said, what do I do? And he, all I heard was James 5.16. Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't want to. Like, can't we just do this? Can we just God, ignore it? You're God. I'm me. I'll tell you how sorry I am. Everybody knows. Have they an know extra me. long, quiet time. We'll they be fine. We'll really make up for that. it. And so I take the kids come downstairs. It was the next morning, right? Next morning. I was so hot. I couldn't even do it that night. We couldn't even talk. It was like and so, king size bed. And there was, I mean, all of y'all could have hung out yeah. in the middle. Yeah. And so... The next morning, Ruthie's like this, coming into the kitchen, and they sit down, and I said, uh, let's just have a talk. And I read the verse, and I said, I wish I could tell you guys, I have, we have three kids, 15-year-old, 12-year-old, 9-year-old. 
I don't remember their names, but they're great kids. Um, and I said, uh, I want you to know that not only am I embarrassed, but I'm just really sorry. And told each kid while I was sorry, looked at Wendy and told her why I was sorry, and we read the verse on the front end and the back end. Well, here's the interesting part of what happened. It's one of the best vacations we ever had, and the father said, because you did this, I'm going to double bless this vacation. Right. Yeah. Um, I really believe that one of the biggest hindrances to friendship with the Father is a lack of humility. See, humil humility is not ever making a mistake. Humility is owning your mistake, yeah. coming open-handed to whoever you've offended and the Father himself. Can we just put the verse back up there? Can we let it speak for itself? James five sixteen. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Uh, healing comes through confession. And uh, another way to look at confession is vulnerability. A lack of vulnerability will keep people from wanting to be close to you, and it will get the Father opposing you. Why not be vulnerable? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Why do we have such a hard time? You're going to mess up. You're going to blow it. Mm -hmm. I, wish, I wish I could tell you I'd never blow it again. Um, I want to bring mm -hmm. Joseph and Paige, our youth pastors up here, and I want to have a discussion on how, what this looks like in parenting. This is our family service. Yeah, give them a hand. So this is our family service. Got a lot of kids in here, people watching online. And uh, Paige, I want to start with you. I told you when we were talking about this conversation, I said I think it's one of the biggest mistakes that parents make is having to put up the persona that we're perfect and mm -hmm. if I admit any sort of weakness, then my kids will lose respect for me. And in the kingdom, it's actually the opposite. Yeah. So leading out as a parent through vulnerability actually brings kids closer to you. I want to get really practical. Why do parents not do this more? What is it? Let's start there. Why do parents typically not choose vulnerability and instead give off the vibes that they are perfect? What, what are they afraid of? Yeah, I think this is a common mistake that ministers make, pastors make, parents, bosses, all of that, because we typically have said, well, you can't be vulnerable with people you're leading because if they see your weakness, they won't respect you, they won't honor you, they won't so on and so forth. But we see the exact opposite in scripture with Jesus. He was really vulnerable with his disciples. You see in the Garden of Gethsemane where he is struggling and he is like sweating blood and he comes out and he's making it very obvious. I am having a hard time with this, you know, but he still expected them to be with him in the trenches and to follow him. So I think most of it is that we have bought into a lie that we aren't supposed to. And that our kids or our, the people who are leading won't respect us, won't honor us if we are. And then a lot of times also we're scared of being vulnerable because we're scared of what's actually inside of us. Yeah. Sometimes we're like, I don't actually want to go there because I don't know what's there. And if I start going there, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to unravel and fall apart. And then mm -hmm. what kind of parent can I be? Mm -hmm. You know, and I think, um, I think that's a huge, I know for me, that's a huge part of it. Mm -hmm. um, let me come right back to you. So at Bridgeway, one of the things we do is we look through the lens of paradox, right? All five of our core values, both sides of the coin. In the beginning of Ephesians, it says, to the saints who are in Ephesus. Are we saints? Yes. I also want to read the other side of the coin of something Paul said in 1 Timothy 1.15. I think that's in the New Covenant, right? 
Here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. He didn't say was. And in, in the Greek here, it's that's present. So a lot of people in spirit communities focus so much on that we are saints. Of course we are. We are saints. I don't carry a sin nature anymore. However, this is the Apostle Paul giving the recipe of why he walked in so much power. He, he used the word worst. We see Paul continuing to get lower and lower and lower and lower and lower. What is a practical way a parent can get low with their own kids? I want to hear from you first and then Joseph. So I'm going to tell a story. Okay, great. So we have two sons, Levi, who is four, and Josiah, who is one. And we have really tried to work hard at modeling repentance in front of them. Mm. Um, Mainly, we lead Levi through repentance. (laughs) But this one particular day, I think it was last year sometime right after we had Josiah, you guys know, some of y'all who are parents of a toddler and a newborn, things can be kind of stressful at moments. And I freaked out on Jody about something. I honestly don't remember it. I don't remember what it was. Thank God. And I, I went out, I went off on Jody about something. It was embarrassing, but Levi is three at the time and just as a newborn, no one's going to remember it. No one's going to know. And Levi's just sitting at the table eating some food. And he said, mommy. And I said, yes, buddy. And he said, <laughs> Why don't you, will you sit down? I said, yeah, I will. And he, he looked at me and he said, all right, now say Jesus. And my three-year-old led me in repentance for how I just acted towards my husband. Mm. And it was a moment where I could have gotten angry and would have been like, stop it. I'm the mommy and you don't tell mommy what to do. But the Lord said, you need to go ahead and humble yourself. And so I did. And when I did, I almost like, I feel like that's what we have to do. We have to constantly, if we're being friends with the Lord, we have to acknowledge the moments. Like Chad talked about earlier in Wendy, when he's, he's asking you to go lower, mm-hmm. you know, and just remain in that low place. Mm-hmm. What, what, why should a parent humble themselves before their own children? Why? What's the purpose of this? There we go. I think one of the greatest things you can equip your kids with is uh, the ability to be vulnerable with them. Um, What it does, it teaches them to lead from their heart and not their head. And so we want to, love's got to look like something, humility's got to look like something. And uh, we can't give away something we're not doing ourselves at our own, in our own homes, at our own tables. And so um, I think it's got to become something so practical and so familiar to us that they catch on by just being around us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So That's yeah. good. I'm, I'm looking up some definitions for vulnerability, excuse me, some synonyms for vulnerability. So I'm looking at, in my mind, the, the sheet of paper that was up here, whatever that was, right. and all those different words. Mm-hmm. Nobody in here is going to say, no, we don't need to be vulnerable. I'm just wondering what some synonyms for vulnerability are openness subjection accountability that's good this isn't from the charisma prophetic thesaurus this is thesaurus thesaurus.com um duty obligation here's what i'm trying to say if i'm con if i'm not constantly living in vulnerability with the father and those closest to me. By the way, you shouldn't be vulnerable to a certain degree with someone you don't know. I'm talking about who your inner circle is, your family, who you do life with. If I'm not walking in vulnerability with the Father and those around me, what I'm doing is I'm placing myself in a position to when you started that that exercise off with the things that we're covering it. 
the only way I'm going to be able to build deep friendship with the Father is to be open-handed with my community and him himself. So here's what I want us to do. I want us to, I want us to pray. And I want the band to come back up and let's just move into a time of ministry. Can we do that? Yes. And I want this time of ministry to be focused on stepping into vulnerability, stepping into open-handedness. Holy Spirit, I thank you for everyone that can hear me. I thank you for everyone in this room. Anyone who can hear me online. I bless this house. I bless Bridgeway in the name of Jesus that we would uh, be biblically vulnerable. Open with our lives, open with our hands. I bless this house in the name of Jesus with humility. Humility. 